How was Christ exalted? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, we are back with an episode talking about Christ's exaltation. We kind of, we are on the nose with the leading question this time. Sometimes we're not, but this one was on the nose. And if, if people have been listening, it goes hand in hand with our last episode, Christ's humiliation. So again, this is kind of a, a two-part miniseries, if you will. These, these both doctrines work together in a beautiful way. So today we get to talk about Christ being exalted and what that means. I really like that we that while we're we're talking about these and recording these before Easter, you'll be listening to them somewhere around Easter time, hopefully a little bit before, depends on on our release how our release schedule works out, but uh, uh, but regardless, it's it's good and and helpful and and we are trusting that it will be profitable for you. So how about we do what we always do, which is start off by actually explaining what Christ's we exaltation is. We are so predictable. Is. We sure are, but that that's what makes a uh, a good pro- podcast. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> okay. It's what, a sufficiently it's, adequate podcast. It's what gives a podcast the potential to be good. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, so whoever comes after us is going to do a much <laughs> better job, is what you're saying. All right. Uh, all right. So, Here we go with Christ's exaltation. Whereas the death of Christ was the ultimate example of his humiliation, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the first and glorious example of Christ's exaltation. Christ was exalted when God raised him from the dead, and Christ was exalted when he ascended to the Father's right hand. He will be exalted by all creation when he returns." All of these aspects work together to magnify the glory and worth of Christ, resulting in the praise of the glory of his grace in rescuing sinners. All right, so that was a fairly verbose (laughs) definition of this that used the word exalting quite a bit. But let's unpack that. Let's make this a little bit simpler for folks like you and me, Brian. Yes, we use the the word in its definition. You're not supposed to do that. But we did that a few yeah. times there, didn't we? We sure did. And how. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here here's basically what it means. Um, that because of who he is and what he has done, Christ is given and deserves all praise, glory, and yeah. honor. And so to to exalt means really to make much of or to give glory and honor to to say that they they have surpassing worth. Definitely. All right. So let's follow our formula because you've locked us into doing that today, apparently. And let's look at some scripture where we see this. Um, I, do you want first? Do you want the Philippians passage or you want me to take I it? I absolutely do want okay. the Philippians then passage. You, again you lead off. Thank you. And, and I'll come back and do whatever. Bible verses you don't care as much about. Oh, is that how we're, how we're doing this? What if I just do them all? Then you, you can do that. I will defer. All right. All right. Well, here is, uh, here is the, the kind of hallmark passage or one of the hallmark passages really about Christ's exaltation, which um, also is the most on the nose regarding his humiliation yeah. as well, or one of the most on the nose. 
Um, but, uh, but it begins, uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11, adopt the same attitude of that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself and assu- by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. And here's where the exaltation part comes in, because that was all the the humiliation part. In exaltation, for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so this is the fruit of... Um, of Jesus's humiliation is what Paul is, is saying in in this, which which really may well be one of the earliest Christian hymns um, from from what some commentators yeah. um, say about it. Um, it certainly has that that feel to it, um, so which is helpful. Um, another one though is First Peter chapter three. Uh, verses 21 and 22, which say, Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. And so really, this is this is the conclusion of a thought yeah. here, but, um, but we're pointing this out specifically because it is, it is talking about his positional exaltation, that he is in authority over all of creation and that nothing has authority over him. Um, And that, of course, leads us to one more, (laughs) um, which is Hebrews 12, uh, 12-2, the second half of this, um, which says that, for the joy that lay before him, he, Jesus, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so all three of these really work together to to show that big picture that out of the um, out of the humility humility and that he showed by incarnating into the world and living perfectly for us and dying for us and the humiliating death that that death truly was Jesus was exalted um, into the the position that was his from the beginning. Yeah, and and I just love, especially in that that Hebrews passage, the joy that lay before him. That um, we we talk about the humiliation and how amazingly difficult that was for Christ. Of course, we we can't we we can't look at him and say, well, he was divine, and he is, of course, and say, well, mm-hmm. because of that, the cross was an easy day for him. It was not. Um, what he faced physically, spiritually was, you know, we can't even begin to imagine. And yet here we see in Hebrews 12, he did so with joy. And again, we understand joy joy rightly there. doesn't mean he had a a silly smile on his face the whole time. It means internally he knew that he, what he was doing was bringing glory and honor to the father and bringing about salvation of people. And so it was joyful for him to do this. And so I just love that. It's a, it's a juxtaposition to us. It seems like, wait a minute, th- th- it doesn't quite go, joy and cross. But in God's economy, it certainly does. And because of this, as, as you've pointed out from these, these passages, 
Christ now is at the right hand of the Father. That's the, the position of, of authority, of, of honor, uh, the right hand. And we know the disciples, when they were knuckleheads one time, they were arguing about which of them would sit at the right hand of Jesus as he ruled, mm-hmm. debating who's going to get the most you know, uh, honor among them. So yeah. that, that's the position of honor. And, and Christ is the one who, who, of course, deserves that. So if he's as deserving of that from the Father, how much more should we give him glory and honor and praise for what he's done? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some cautions with understanding this doctrine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm tempted since you hogged all the Bible verses for me to take all these, but I'm not. I will do it. No, I'm, no, do I'm it. not going to return in kind. I'm going to be the, the bigger man. <laughs> uh, you know, if you say it that way, that means you're not. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm trapped. Okay. Yep. Um, so the first thing that I think we need to understand about this is that as we've talked about this, and it's it's certainly true, of course, that Jesus deserves and has earned all glory, honor, and praise for what he's done. But it's not just for what he's done. It's also for who he is. And we always have to be careful about this, of becoming too utilitarian and, mm-hmm. and looking, all right, God, you're, I, I worship you because you're good to me. You know, it's this, this self selfish, really, motivation that, that can undergird us at times, either intentionally or unintentionally. And if that's all we're worshiping God for, if that's all the reason we have to give him glory and honor because of what he's done, we're coming up short. Again, we should. Do not mishear me. We should. But here's the reality, is the cross gives us tangible evidence of who Jesus is. Not just what Mm -hmm. he's done, but who he is. Um, It reveals his love. It reveals his humility, forgiveness, and so on and so forth. Um, And because of that, it's it's who he is that we should also find ample grounds to worship. So, you know, the, the test is this, and especially as we disciple others, and for our own lives as well, of course, but as we're thinking about it, if, if we went through a very difficult season in life where it seems, notice that word, seems as if God is withholding good from us, would we still worship him just as readily and joyfully as in the times where it seems like he is showering us with blessing? And if the answer is no, that means we're not really coming to terms with God's glory that he deserves. Mm-hmm. We should worship him because of who he is, and that static, unchanging, um, and should give us reason, ample reason to worship at all times. What he does gives us further grounds, yes, but that cannot be the the sole grounds or even the main grounds, I would argue, for worshiping God. Yeah, that's, that's a really important point, too, because um, when you get the order of those two things wrong— the result is is that you're not actually worshiping God yeah. at all. You're worshiping yourself, yeah. and you're in fact you're you're essentially saying that God exists to meet your needs, as opposed to you existing to glorify yeah. Him and to worship and serve Him. Now He doesn't need you to do mm-hmm. those things. He's fine without you. Um, he's fine without me too. Um, and he's fine without all our listeners as well. But um, but that's why we exist. Yes. Not the other way around. And we can't forget that. So if we forget that, um, we, we essentially become idolaters. Yeah. yeah. 
And again, I think sometimes it, it is subtle. We don't realize it. But, you know, as we're talking about, when you stop and think about it and connect the dots, you're like, wait mm-hmm. a minute. And, I, you know, I take it to a, a, an earthly relationship. You know, we, my, me and my wife, for example, suppose the only time I express gratitude to my wife is because of what she does for me. Mm-hmm. And I never, you know, celebrate who she is. I never let her know I delight in who you are. You know, my love for you is fixed on that. It wouldn't take long for her to feel a little bit, eh. You know, it's like, wait a minute. Is it just because of these things? So I think in human relationships, we we can understand this. And we have to, that can help us carry it over to our relationship with God and and recognize, no, I want to fight to be able to worship God for who he is despite anything else. That's not an easy thing to do. Mm -mm. But it is a good thing. So another thing that um, that we should be aware of when it comes to this doctrine is that although the the raising of Christ from the dead and and his ascension raising into heaven are absolutely sufficient more than sufficient grounds f- uh, to exalt Jesus, there's something else too, which is that he is going to return and ex- and restore all of creation. So his work in terms of purchasing our salvation was complete on the cross and through his death and resurrection. However, the redemption and restoration of creation is not complete until he comes until he returns, which means that he is not fully and completely exalted in 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 his fullness. Yeah. Until he returns, it, it, it's so it's another already we, we not look, yet kind of tension. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. There's more to come. So we have we have all the, we have all the reason in the world to worship him right now, and more than yes. enough. We have more than enough to say he is worthy, and then we just get to imagine that there's more to come. That's a, that's that's what that what that should do in us. Ultimately, is that should give us a sense of anticipation that we should look forward to this when this day that he is coming, when um, we will get to see him exalted in the fullness of his fullness. Yes. Um, if that's if that's the 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 best grammatically incorrect way to to put it, um, that keeps us out of out of heresy. So <laughs> that was a mighty fine grammatically incorrect way to put it. Thank you, thank you. Sometimes you just have to go there with uh, whenever it comes to Jesus. That's right. It, it was the better best one. Thank you. I use I do like to use the best words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me let me um, grab the last one of these kind of notes, and it's going to dovetail with the difference it should make, and that'll take us across the finish line unless you have anything else to add. Um, but it's really piggybacking on what you just said, that when Christ returns, it's going to give us even more grounds to exalt mm-hmm. him. Um, and, and we have to remember this as well. Right now, we are called to exalt him. That's the difference this should make, of course. It's self-explanatory in this one. We should be a people of authentic and joyful exaltation of Jesus. We should be worshiping him with our entire lives in every way and so forth. And we do that today, but we do it imperfectly. As we were just talking about, sometimes we might focus too much on what he's done and forget who he is, or um, you know, sometimes it's clumsy. Sometimes it's as clumsy as, man, it's hard to worship 
God because the song that the worship team is doing I don't resonate with. And sometimes it's even sinful. Um, sometimes sin prevents us from worshiping. So we do not exalt Christ perfectly today as we should. But the day is coming when he returns or when he calls us to be with him before that, whichever comes first, we will exalt him perfectly. Mm -hmm. We will worship God in perfection because sin will be done away with. We will have a renewed mind and heart and body in the future at the resurrection. Uh, we will worship and exalt Jesus as is fitting for him forevermore. And so that is... Um, that's something for us to look forward to as, as we struggle with it some today, as we do it imperfectly and wish we could worship more perfectly, we have that hope. And what is that hope tethered to? Again, the return of Christ. So it's a great, uh, it feeds itself back toward this exaltation that our ability to worship him is hinged on him and his goodness and his works which again gives us more reason to worship and celebrate, which is why eternity is going to be exciting. Uh, some people think it's going to be this boring kind of one long blah worship service, and that's the farthest from the mm -hmm. case. Um, as we continue to grow in our understanding of God, remember God is infinite. We are not. Even in perfection, we are still finite. Um, and so our finite redeemed brains will continue to grow in understanding of God's infinite beauty, wisdom, love, and so forth. So every day in eternity, we will have the opportunity to learn that much more deeply how amazing God is, and our worship will be that much more amped up, and as we worship Him in different ways as well. So something exciting to look for. Absolutely. To. All right. Let's wrap it up there then. Uh, let's call this one an episode before we get into any more trouble. Um, I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.